You're listening to RTI Audio, powered by Rocky Top Insider. This is Pancakes and Bacon with VFL, Tyler Kerbison, and Reed Bacon. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Pancakes and Bacon. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison. Joining us, Reed Bacon. Got another good one for you. Um, Vol's coming off a loss to Georgia, uh, which I think a lot of us expected, but didn't want it to turn out like this. Um, so we're talking about offense. We're talking about defense. We're talking about expectations. Um, we might even talk a little bit about what we're thankful for with Thanksgiving come up. Um, but first, before we get into any of that, Reed, how are we doing, bud? I'm thankful for you, Kyler. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm thankful for uh, for Josh Heupel. Whoa. <laughs> Well, some people, some people might not like that. I don't think, I don't think everybody agrees with you. Well, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. As you can see, it's basketball season now. So, uh, big Rick Barnes guy here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody's a big Rick Barnes guy in November. Rick Barnes is a big Rick Barnes guy in November. Yeah, it's just when March rolls around. It's everybody starts getting off the bus. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'll. We'll see. Okay, know. we're pretty good. I would like a lot. We're pretty good this year. Yeah, but we'll still lose to dang Colgate or somebody in the second round. Yeah, yeah. Same old, same old. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm doing well though. Uh I just think we start this bad boy off by saying, you know, you're the former player. Mm-hmm. Uh you had uh some rough times at Tennessee. You had some good times at Tennessee. You've been back to practice with Josh Heupel there five, six times. Um, you've met him a couple times. What, what, what's your thoughts, man? What, what's your thoughts? And, and you know, this is an instant reaction after the game, which I think you and I have gotten away from instant reaction because we know that we need to calm down and watch the tape. Um, yeah. But yeah, so how, how do you feel about moving forward? How do you feel about Coach Hype? Uh, I mean, I feel great. I feel great about Coach Heupel. I understand people's frustrations. Um, I understand that we lost four games this year. Um, but I think literally just talking about and re-watching this game and going through things and looking at stuff, I in no way was I like, oh, yeah. Hypo let us down, right? Like, I, none of the plays that didn't turn out in our favor or situations that didn't happen that we needed to, none of them was I like, oh, yeah, well, that was on Hypo. Like, that was the reason why that didn't work because of Hypo. Um, I have been a part of programs that lose that lose a lot that are used to losing um, and that accept losing. This is not one of those programs. I've been a part of a team that's like, yeah, man, like you should see those Alabama defensive linemen, you know, before we even play them. Just loser talk. That's all that is of like, 
yeah, you should see them. They're huge. They're fast. They're, they're great. They're, you know, that I, that used to piss me off oh. when I was young. Um, but this is not that team. I mean, we can tell from practice, this isn't that team, the, the confidence that they have in each other and in, in themselves, you can tell on the field when they're down 38 to 10 and guys are still fighting for extra yards. Like, you can tell that this team cares about what's going on. And I think Hypel is moving everything in the right direction. There is a um, expectations and where they're set that are having a lot of people get upset. And I, uh, I don't know if people really set them to the appropriate level um, because going into this year, we knew this team was probably worse than last year's team. Like going into this year, going into the first game of the year, every Tennessee fan looking at this team would have said last year's team would have beat this team. Every single one of us would have been, I prefer Hendon over Joe. I prefer Jalen over Squirrel. I prefer Cedric over Brew. I prefer Brew over Chaz Nimrod. I prefer Darnell over Jeremiah. I prefer, uh, you know, freaking Jerome, Jerome over, over Carrick. I prefer... Everybody we lost over everybody that we had coming back. Um, and I thought the exact same way. We, we we talked about the year as, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. Like you were saying, we could lose this uh, Texas A&M game. I was like, we could lose this Kentucky game. We said that before the year started. We could lose these games. And – you know what? We ended up losing the Florida and the Missouri instead. You know, people said that we could lose the South Carolina game again. We didn't. It's just, I don't understand where everyone thought this is an SEC championship team. Because I don't remember hearing that before the season started. I I remember hearing that that was goals, that that's what guys on the team were shooting for, but I don't remember anybody going, hey, this team's going to be in the SC championship. Hey, this team's going to be the number one team in the East. I I don't remember that. Everybody was like, yeah, yeah, number two. Yeah, 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 number two. What happens, Missouri has a really, 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 really good year. I mean, that team is a thousand times better than they were last year. So, I don't know. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. I, I mean – you know, there's there's plays during the game, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, like if it was Hendon to Cedric, that would have been first down. There's plays in the game where I'm like, yeah, if that was uh, Banks covering that guy, he would have made a tackle. I, like it's just there's multiple times I'm sitting there going, yeah, another guy would have made a difference if we had another guy in there. Um, but but, and- over, but overall – you were very happy. You're still happy with with Hypo and where we're going. 
still happy with Heupel, where we're going, where he, what he's been able to do. I mean, you went, you won 11 games a year and a half after 30 p 30 plus people left your team. That that's pretty impressive. Um, and that was through the transfer portal. That was through recruiting. He is stacking on another good class. He is finding guys that fit his system well. And we have the best quarterback prospect we've ever had sitting, just waiting for his opportunity. Uh, what? Like, why would I think that this guy's doing a bad job? I, uh, yeah, I took, uh, I took some time to, you know, as I was rewatching and reflecting and thinking, and it's just the nature of the beast in college sports where these coaches do so well for a year or two or for three or four years or for whatever the span may be. And that becomes the expectations and they just fan is always short for fanatic. I will always remind people of that. And it's fine to get a little upset and get a little frustrated. We love our teams, but I'm not going to be able to put up with uh, what I think in my mind is just nonsense. Like I said, I, yeah. I love having conversations with people and, um, hearing, and I don't have to agree with, I mean, you and I have plenty of conversations where we don't agree, but I still am like, yeah, I see where he's coming from on that. Mm-hmm. I, I will not sit there and have conversations when someone says something. I'm like, yeah, okay. You're what we just, I mean, you're just radical. Like it's you're like, hey, sorry, I got a tough call, but you know, you're, yeah. you just get a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, uh, Tyler from Spartanburg was really, really upset with Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney, <laughs> turn Clemson into being completely irrelevant to win the national championships. Whether I like Dabo or think he's super great or not. He's the only um, reason Clemson is a name. Exactly. And then you got Nick Saban, who they win, you know, a kajillion championships and they win one every year, every other year. And then the year that they go, they win 10 games and don't make it. Everyone's like, well, you know, and they get a little frustrated. It's like, listen, there were chats because we beat them last year. Tennessee Vol fans were loving it. We're eating it up. So I saw it all over my Twitter of Vol fans retweeting of guys, Alabama fans in their little blogs and things going like, I think Nick Saban has lost his touch. Like he's not the same Nick Saban anymore. They're going to the SEC championship this year. <laughs> like slow your damn roll, bud. People are just funny, man. People are funny. And, um, it, the stuff that I've heard and seen is, you know, we, we, we've talked about it a little bit, but we miss goalish, you know, maybe, maybe they've caught up to our offense, you know, maybe, um, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't trust Heupel because he's not playing Nico. He's playing Joe and whatever, whatever the, the case may be. And then it's the same players that, you know, helped us beat, um, you know, not all of them, but some of the same players that helped us go 11 wins or some of the same players that helped uh, beat Clemson in the Orange Bowl. And we're talking about how incredible they are. And then we're like, yeah, these guys, you know, then other people are like, yeah, he sucks. Or, oh, he's from Georgia, but uh, Georgia didn't recruit him because they're so good. You know, just like all this back and forth. And it's uh, it's gotten to me now where I just, I just kind of smile at it and keep it moving. And I thought we would go 10 and two this year and it's all because of how much I trusted coach Heupel. I I think Heupel is a really, really good coach. I've mentioned it. I think he's, 
I think he's awesome, awesome on game day and game planning and all that stuff. I think he's one of the best in the world at doing that. I think he's good at producing and I would say good to above average to really good for, for culture building. Yeah. And, and as I've said it, the only thing he has to do is to continue to build and get in good recruits. So, so in, in, and there's other coaches that can be a really, really good just CEO, whether it's a Brian cat, Brian Kelly or Dabo or Nick Saban, who's not calling offense, not calling defense, but they're really good at getting really good players. They're really good at setting a culture and they're really good at hiring their coordinators and their coaches and then putting their fingerprints on, hey, I might not be making the play calls, but let's let's start dialing up some heat here. Let's lay yeah. back to this guy. Or, hey, hey, Lane, quit throwing it so much. This is Alabama. I want to pound the rock. You know, just just little stuff like that. So I, I take myself back, and I think to when you and I first went to practice and then how horrendous it was. And then it got a little bit better when we went back a few months later from spring yeah. to – ball getting ready for a season i'm like okay we got a little bit more to work here and then you know we win what seven games that year but you know you you probably should win the you're the fine. purdue the you're purdue right. game if you don't get screwed over you're a couple plays away from whether it's beating Pitt or maybe beating uh old miss so we all saw like hey this is fun man like he's yeah. good he's good yeah. at what he does and then he just absolutely blows expectations out of the water mm -hmm. and he just absolutely dials it up and he has the offense clicking he's got the defense playing good enough and even when everyone wants to talk about how bad the defense was last year with the secondary and giving up all these yards they were still good enough to 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 you know help the the offense they they did enough to win 10 games and to beat yeah. Alabama and to beat Florida and all those different things, all those different things. So I just want people just to take a breath, relax. The guy who you thought was a really good coach less than 12 months ago, he didn't forget how to coach. <laughs> yeah. He didn't forget how to coach. He, has he is the most experienced he's ever been in his life, guys. He hasn't been here long enough like a Philip Fulmer or like one of these other ones to sit there and be like, hey, is the game caught up with him? Hey, is he is is what what is there to see? Mm -hmm. I thought he was good his first year. I thought he was great his second year. And I personally, like I said, I thought we'd go 10 and 2 because I just really, really trusted him. I quickly realized, hey, some of the young guys that I expected a decent amount from that I thought that they would replace, they haven't yet. And that's okay. That doesn't mean they won't. Uh Joe was what I thought. I said, I don't know what to expect. Some days we'll get orange ball Joe. Some days we'll get really, really bad quarterback play. And unfortunately, it's it's happened. And, you know, so uh, defensively, one of the things that I was thinking about is, uh, you know, I, I, I like my, one of my favorite local radios was when Josh Ward and, uh, and Will West were together for Sports yeah. 1. Now they're split up. But I heard Will West, uh, and he was on there with the other guy, um, and they were talking in the in the summer. And I tried to call in because they were talking about, and in no way am I a J Jeremy Banks like d apologist or defender. No way. No. But I watched every snap he had for the past two years, and I thought he was a very very good quality middle linebacker in the SEC. And I I heard Will just all season like we're going to be better at linebacker, we're going to be better at linebacker, we're going to be this and. Losing Jeremy Banks in that big of a deal. And then they're like, we got Keenan P. Lai coming in. And I get it. 
Keenan Peely slash Peely, he missed season. I would have liked to have had him, but guess yeah. what? We still don't know how good he would have been. It was Virginia in the very first play. That very So you can't come here and me and be like, oh, well, we really miss him. Like, we really miss him just because he's another option to see he's how good he's a body. He's a body, bro, but we don't know if he's going to be that good. So it's just like you just think like the players that they did lose were very, very big, big pieces. And mm -hmm. the most important for us is offense and defensive line and quarterback. Those are the most important positions. And so I, I'm going to table this because I'm going to have a vacant blitz as the, when the season's over. And if people are still panicking about, about hype, well, I'm going to really dive into some stuff and say, Hey, everybody pump the brakes. Let's give him, let's give him four years. Now, yeah. now, now if we're sitting in the same spot next year and we've, we've had some of the woes that we've had where it's seven points a game or 10 points a game. I'm like, Whoa, whoa he's supposed to be the offensive guy. What, what are we doing here? But I will never forget what he inherited and what he took over. And we cannot, we cannot fault him and and think that he is bad because of his own success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 his success of last year. And and so let me let's let me kind of dive off of that and to go. To, I just did some quick homework. I had a a work call today, Zoom call today, and while I was on it, I said I'm going to look at Georgia stats from the game. And I'm going to just see what those recruits were. I didn't go – and now I didn't go down their offensive line or their defensive line. I literally just went, uh, you know, uh, Carson Beck, four-star. They're two leading running backs, uh, four-star and four-star. One was a number six running back. One was like a 20th – one was number six in the nation. One was like top 20 in the nation. But they're both seniors. Mm -hmm. Then you go to their receivers, and their receivers were a four-star, a three-star, and then Brock Bowers, which is uh, I don't, I some said he was a four-star, but he's a four-slash-five-star, but he was a top-five tight end nationally, and and he's a junior, and it's like okay, so those are their offensive guys. Those were the two leading running backs and the three most receivers. So I'm like okay, and then you go to defensively. Well, defensively it was a three and four. He was a three. Uh, uh, Tyke Smith, or whatever his name was, he's a three-slash-four-star, but he's a senior. Javon Ballard, three-slash-four-star, but he's a senior. Jordan Hall, five-star. He was a top-five national player, and he's a freshman. So that's that dog freshman with some of that senior leadership, mm -hmm. veteran leadership. Then you got another guy, five-star, top-five nationally as a junior. Then you got another guy. He's a four- and five-star guy. He's top-ten nationally. And that was their number one – that was their five – leading tacklers type guys. Yeah. Now, I did not spend time to say, I'm going to look at their entire D-line and their entire O-line. I know their D-line's probably highly ranked, and I would assume their offensive line is extremely high ranked. Yeah. Not because they're Georgia, but because what I watched them do, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. So, yeah. it's yeah. just – it's just Kirby's been there a while. Kirby – took over a nice situation compared to the dumpster fire. That a beautiful situation. Mark Rick was winning 10 games a year. Yeah. He just couldn't get him over the hump. He just yeah. couldn't get him over the hump. And Kirby's come in and kicked the door. And and I want to give credit, like, I, you know, I, I have some mixed emotions about how I feel about Kirby and his success, but I will not deny the fact that his teams, they execute, they play hard, they are fundamental, fundamentally sound. They get punched in the mouth early. They don't freak out. They settle in and they just mm -hmm. say, hey, this is just ball. 
and he he knows how to get those guys tick, man. I mean, you hear him sometimes, and he'll he'll light that fire under him and say, "This is who we are. Let's go hunt." Like, I mean, and so I, I'll respect him. He's got that thing cooking, and Georgia's really really good. Yeah, just you got to give you got to give Coach Heupel some time. Yeah, and we can't, we just you can't be freaking out about everyone. I'm not saying that he can't make adjustments to his staff where it needs to be, but it's not one game or two games in a row. It's like, oh, get fire all of them. He needs to bring in a whole new staff. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's you know when you break down the film and what we're going to be talking about is the guys that we have out there and the guys and what they're doing and what they're not doing. Um, to kind of give an, you know, a reason for what's going on. And a head coach is so holistic over the entire program that people go, okay, well, he's, he's calling the plays. And then you say, well, the players aren't executing the plays that he's calling. And then, and then everyone will go, well, then he needs to get players in. And I'm like, guys, he's trying. Yeah. 30 yeah. people left. No one wanted to be here, okay? Every recruit that wanted to be in the SEC wasn't picking Tennessee when Josh Heupel got there, okay? He has been able to win games and show Tennessee can be one of those programs, and now guys are buying in. Now those recruiting classes are coming up. Now transfer portal guys on offense especially are like, huh, I like that team over there. They throw the ball a lot. They run the ball a lot. They, they do a lot of offensive explosive things. I'm I really like that. So that is where I am like you can't blame this man for not bringing in the right people. You you can't blame him for bad play calling. You you, you like you can't say that all of his coaching staff needs to be fired and he doesn't know when to fire the coaching staff. I, there's nothing that really has merit to say Josh Heupel is not doing a good job. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. just nothing there. The only thing that you guys should hope that he does is that we can land some big-time recruits, and whether that's him and the other coaches and whether that's our um, staffers, whether that's the NIL stuff. I mean, that that is a whole. That is, that is everything as a whole. And, yeah, it doesn't look great to get – to get smacked at home on a Saturday on your biggest recruiting weekend. I mean, yeah, it was a bummer going into this year, not just Tennessee fans, not just Georgia fans, but nationally everyone's like that Tennessee Georgia game in November is going to be the biggest game of the year. Cause we really thought that our only loss would be probably Alabama. I mean, probably mm -hmm. Alabama, maybe one other loss. And then we would have thought that, Hey, we might not beat Georgia, but we're probably going to be able to fight them for four quarters, which unfortunately yeah. happened. And there is something to say about like, if your team's decimated with injuries and you didn't have that many have that much depth anyways, like it is what it is. You can say it's excuse. It's not excuse. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Tennessee got really, really fortunate last year with, with, with being pretty darn healthy. Yeah. And, and this year it hasn't been that way. Yeah. And then like the, you know, we talk about culture and building a culture. I want to think back to like, how many more VFLs have you seen at games? How many more, you know, Tennessee fans have you seen coming out of the woodworks, coming back, staying on the sidelines? How massive has Spire gotten, the NIL, from last year to this year? We went to that tailgate together. 
We went to Florida last year, and then we went to South Carolina this year, and it was eight times the size, like 10 times the size. It has exploded. So those are all things because of what Josh Heupel has brought to Tennessee. So don't don't be negative. Don't don't tell me that he's not doing a good job because all I see is positive, positives, positives. If if you it's a win and loss business. It really is. It, it is. is. It is. So I'm not saying not, but if you're putting everything in to the scoreboard, I I just I feel bad for you because you have to have some some context to things. Mm-hmm. You have to have some context to things. And yeah, I don't want to lose to Georgia, but I understand the situations at hand. Now, do I wish that we could have kept it closer? Yeah, absolutely. But I also don't want to be a bunch of idiots that has a bunch of negative impact so that, that it does hurt recruits coming in or it does like Hypo gets a call somewhere else and he's like, you know what, maybe, maybe I should think about it. You know, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, because because that's just me personally. That's me personally. I think he's a really, really, really good coach, and I'm really excited for him to be here. And I think it's for where we were. I think you got to give the guy a legit four years, if not five. And I um, now if we're sitting here next year, Kyler, and for whatever reason Nico's not as good, and we've looked a little rough in some spots, then yeah, I might be starting to get a little concerned, but that's mm-hmm. me starting to get a little concerned, not like fire. fire him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, and we'll, this will kind of jump us into talking about stuff. Yeah. I, 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 mean, st- I still truly think that if you have, good quarterback play and you have quarterback play. I'm not going to say what we had last year because last year we had really, really good quarterback play. But if you have what you had last year or just good quarterback play, I think I think some of these games look a lot different, even with some of the injuries, even with some of the different players on the outside, even with some of the offensive line, even with, don't get triggered, the defense. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to me to say that the everyone wants to talk about how bad the defense was? And how garbage they were. Once again, it's two weeks in a row. I'm saying I think the defense probably did enough to keep us in the game or to help us win the game. Yeah, definitely. I, so I you say so. You that too. Yeah, I definitely think that it, because it's like you every, know you look at like the first half, 24 to 10 is how it ended. You can't tell me that if we sustain just a couple more first downs, like not just don't three and out that they they score less than 24 points. Well, Kyler, let me like, just – It's just like you're, the offense is absolutely killing the defense. Killing the defense. They're out there three plays and they're putting it back to the one of the best offenses out there. Like they convert more third downs than anyone in the nation. Is there really- and our defense is out there for 10 plays, for nine plays, for 12 plays. And our offense has had six. It's like, guys, come on. And people people want Tim Banks fired when he's out there doing the best he can. I mean, we got we got walk ons playing. Yeah, we have a, we have a walk on trying to guard Brock Bowers in man to man coverage. Like, if if that's who they think's the best option, then that's what they have to. That's what they're trying to make make work and call defensive plays. But last year when we beat Alabama, Alabama scored I guess forty two points on. Uh, 
Well, they had a they had the strip sack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they scored forty two points, and then you know we 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 went to LSU, who was the SEC West champion, and absolutely boat raced them and held them to. Can't win on the road though. Hypo can't win on the road. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And it's like we held them to, I don't know what, like 10, 10 11, 14, something. Yeah, maybe 20. Maybe they added one late. And then the absolute domination on our defense did against Kentucky. I can, and when Kentucky came here, whether they had a bunch of injuries, whether they weren't that good at the time, like this defense has put up some really nice performances. Mm-hmm. But Josh Hypo scores a lot of points and that is where we won games because we would jump up on these teams and then they are doing everything they can Mm -hmm. to try to claw and fight back and it affects the way that they play offense and it affects the way that we play defense and so it's like it's a team game but hypo scoring seven last week and what ten this week if if we're executing and just putting up our normal 30, which mm. normal 30 for Hypel, 30 or 40, we're throwing up 50 burgers. Like, yeah, just I, you, you got to you, you just can't be fire Tim Banks. They suck. You got to get winner. I mean, you see what I'm saying? It's just it's <laughs> you got to look at it, man. You got to look at it in the, in the whole picture in the whole time they've been here. You got to turn on the clicker. You got to watch the film. You got to look at it. Um, OK, let's. Talk about offense. Uh, before I say anything about offense, one thing I do want to shout out, and it was one of my talking points of like, here's ways that we could beat Georgia if it goes right, if we mitigate our penalties, and if we do not turn the ball over, which two things we did. We only had three penalties for 20 yards, and we did not turn the ball over. And uh, it's like, okay, great. We did those things. But every other thing on offense, we did not do. We could not convert on third down. We could not win our one-on-one matchups. We were getting our asses beat. We could not catch the ball when it got thrown to us. Uh, We could not complete when our guy was open. So I I can't sit there and go, Hypo, what a horrible play call. How dare you call that play where Scrolls freaking wide open for a 40-yard gain at least and Joe Milton overthrows it? How dare you call that play where Squirrel runs a dig and Joe throws it a little bit high and Squirrel drops it? Let me say something. How dare you run that play? Let me say one thing. Ultimately, it is the head coach's responsibility to win games and two, we if just just if someone else is on the other side there and saying, "Hey guys, you keep talking about how awesome he is because how he dials plays up and does all this, and they don't execute." It's his job that they make sure to execute, and if they don't, to get other players in that can. Yeah, we understand that, and we will call him on that. We personally just don't think that year three is there in are that- other players. What's that? There are other players. I don't think that there are other players to throw and, in there. And and I heard and 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 a, and a buddy of mine made a good point. And I've thought about this. Like, it's a bummer. It's kind of what I said about Pruitt. Like Pruitt shouldn't have gone into the season with JG as his quarterback. I, I wish he wouldn't have gone in the season with Joe. But we're not seeing how good Joe looked at practice. I mean, you and I have been to practice and. 
he like he looked fine. He looked good. And then how he looked against uh or you know Orange Bowl Joe. Mm-hmm. And we know that these coaches sometimes have a little bit of that. Like I can get him. I can get him to change. I can get him. But that you know hindsight you also have to lose the job too. Like hindsight, right in hindsight twenty twenty, it's like Heifel's probably like, damn it, I wish I did go get a portal guy, or I wish I brought this in, or they did try to go get another portal quarterback, and they didn't think they couldn't get him, or there wasn't someone that they thought was better. Because- I, I, because you try and go get a portal quarterback. What's that portal quarterback think? Uh, you just had your potential starter throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns in the bowl game. Like, I'm probably not going to start. And then you're, the backup is a five-star freshman. Like, where where do I fit in here? Why would I come to Tennessee? And that's where it was such a open book when Hypo first got there because it was like, this is, we're trying to win games. Whoever is the best will get the spot. And then the rest of you can leave if you want. And I, yeah, and I'm just playing the other side of it so that if there's people that are listening or watching and they're saying, hey, but this is, we get that. That is his ultimate responsibility is to win games, mm-hmm. get players in here that can execute his plays. I'm just saying it's year three and we just won 11 games. I, I need another year, year and a half, two years before I'm like, okay, I've seen a big picture of him. Big sample size. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Offensively. Uh, good job, Jalen, on the first run. That was nice. Uh, it was good to see. Uh, this is a prime example of if you're able to get guys just out of a position by a little bit, you can score a touchdown on any play. Like I said a couple weeks ago, on any play, you can score a touchdown. Just depends on how you execute the freaking play. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, all those five stars and four stars you just mentioned, that first play, they were in the wrong spot, and it was a wide-open touchdown. Jalen didn't get touched. Um, and it's nice to have a burner, so that's nice that we had a burner that could house call it and take advantage of our good execution, their bad execution. Yeah, it's but fantastic. It did, crack, yeah, it did crack me up because I thought, because you were saying, guys, when they design an inside zone or a counter or a power, they're not designing for to go three yards. They're designing that if it does well, it house calls. So yeah. <laughs> and there you go. Um, but after that, we have a lot of piss poor execution. We have the next drive. It's a no gain run. Then Joe throws it off a of buddy's helmet, catches it himself. Runs for seven yards. We're third and three. We run it. We throw an out route to Squirrel with Castles blocking in front of him. Squirrel in open space with a defender, and he gets tackled. And it's a punt. And it's like, what was my thought process as a coach on this play? Oh, I'm going to get my quickest guy in open space versus one of their defenders with a blocker in front of him. Sounds like a good recipe to me. Well, it's and even, it turned out salty as hell. <laughs> it wasn't even a wide receiver block. And he said, let me get one of my tight ends trying to block. Exactly. Well, an actual guy who practices blocking. Like, I, you know, that's where I mean, I'm like, there's I'm nowhere give, to go for Squirrel in that play. I'm going to give Joe some credit that he made a nice individual effort after his bad individual effort slash bad decision. If that throw doesn't bounce off the helmet, it's probably picked because that linebacker was absolutely screaming. So mm-hmm. – it's a bad decision. We got lucky. He caught it. He made a good individual effort to scramble out. And um, 
and and make something out of nothing. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Ah, you know, next drive we get to a third and three. Um, Squirrel beats his guy on on a whip route, and he's open, and ball gets tipped to the line. What 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 was to be changed by Heupel there? How does a six five quarterback get so many balls? Like <laughs> because he's trying to zip it in there, dude. He's there's no there's not enough touch to where there's a little bit of air on it. It's a freaking laser beam. Sharks with laser beams attached to their freaking heads. <laughs> I I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna act like we've had a bunch of tip balls all year. But I mean, he throws one that's a screen pass off a dude's noggin, and then the possession. <laughs> And it might just be a good play by the Georgia guy. Um, like I said, I'm not going to beat Joe up as if he's done it all year long. It just stinks. But let me say this. We had a disaster play of a first down. They bounced back really nice. A nice pull and blocked by Ollie. A really, really good individual run and make a guy miss by Jabari. And we get in a manageable third down. Not only does he run a whip route, Kyler, he 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 runs squirrel out. Squirrel then comes back in as they call hike. The squirrel's moving. He runs and then he hits the whip route. So it's mm. not squirrel standing still. He's trying to get squirrel moving. He's like, I need to get my quickest and fastest player yeah. in, in space, but with an advantage. Instead of saying I'm gonna let squirrel beat him by himself, let me see if I can do a little bit something here to have mm-hmm. squirrel moving. So it's little stuff like that. I'm like, dude, that is so awesome to see that. Yeah. The 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 first run they they motioned Jacob from from an outside like an inside slot position into the backfield and that brought that linebacker just a hesitation just a little bit on the backside and got it to where Jeremiah could get up to block him and he wasn't in on Jalen Wright's touchdown he was not in on the play because Jeremiah was able to block him. it just holds him for just a smidge and then it's like oh now there's a lane so it's Little stuff like that that gets installed into the offensive play call, that gets installed into the formation that we're doing. That's all coaching. Yeah, That's all that is, trying to well, set up plays for everybody. Well, Kyler, go to the next possession, and we have a double pull to the right, and they hand off left. And I'm like, he had some shit up his sleeve, bro. Yeah. He had stuff up his sleeve. The, the, the double pull – you know, the double pull right, run it left, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Castle. Castle had a really, really nice block. Mm-hmm. I wish he would have let go. He wanted to dump Buddy so bad, and I get it as a – As a uh, as, a as someone who got called for a ticky-tack holding a couple games ago, I get it. Castle is like – I wouldn't to, do it either, but – Well, I was going to say I get it as a former player, but that sounds really tough of me because <laughs> I'm not – I didn't play at Tennessee or at that level, but it's like – as a former competitor, you're like, I'm about – it's the biggest game of the year. I want to dump this loser. And so Castle didn't get called for it, but it was a great block. I just wish he either would have dumped him mm-hmm. or let him go. But like I said, he didn't get called for it. And I loved what he did with Squirrel and Caleb. Now, I don't know if he tells them this because it's their receivers. But it's like, hey, we trust Castle to get hands on someone early and make a good block because he's a big boy and he's a tight end. You little receivers over here. So what he told, instead of Squirrel coming off and engaging immediately, he said, act like you're trying to get a release. Then engage on your blocks when it's about eight yards downfield. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I love it because if that Georgia, if I'm a DB and Squirrel White comes off the ball and he immediately puts on hands on me to, to like he's going to block, I won. Yeah. I won because I'm going to take him and I'm going to 
I'm a disengaging. I'm waiting there for Dylan running, but he didn't. If I'm sitting there and Squirrel gives me a little shake, I'm like, oh, sh-. like I got, you know, and then he mm-hmm. opens up. I'm, I'm kind of turning with him. And, and then- that's kind of a trick of a trade of a smaller guy like Squirrel is. Like you got to trick them into into blocking. Like you're you're going to get pushed around. You're too light and not strong enough to go up against like normal size DBs. You got to trick them a little bit. Everybody's got to do it. I had to, hell, I had to trick defensive ends all the time because they're more athletic and faster and longer arms than I had. Better looking. <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> so then, then on that one, it's you got a high throw. You know, it's a little bit high. And I love what Heifel did there. He said, you know what, our, our best player, Squirrel White, would give him a lot of feel. Let's run him a slant in here. Ball's a little high. I would hope that he makes that catch to help his quarterback out. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. happened, but it's a high throw and it's a miscatch, so it's both. Yeah, a play before that, Dylan Samson. I think he missed a cutback for a first down. Um, which it's like, listen, we got two blockers in front of Dylan with some guys chasing him, and he could have got a first down. And if he does get a first down, then we have three more downs to do something. That is a minute that is taken away from Georgia. That is more opportunity for us to score, less opportunity for them to score. Like these things matter. Everything freaking matters. Like you, like if you have the opportunity to get a first down on second, do it. Do not force yourself into a third. And then your next guy that you hope steps up, drops the ball. Yeah. Dylan Sams gets that first down. That play to squirrel never happens. and never matters. So it's just like you miss little opportunities by not executing to the highest potential of that play that's it ha- that's what happens we get we have to punt our offense is off the field oh it's just very frustrating when i watch and when i rewatch i get so pissed because i just watch a guy go uh i'll run out of bounds uh whoops i dropped it uh dang it i got a swim move like don't please just win just win your one-on-one matchup, please, please, for the love of God. <sighs> um, okay, so next drive. Um, we got getting Squirrel in space with the ball. Again, more inventive ways to get him the ball. He is an athlete. He is a playmaker. Let's keep doing it. You know, everyone loves Squirrel for that reason. I like it too. Get how can we get him the ball and get him in space? Get a little sweep going. I love it. So good gain on that. Um, Jeremiah gets beat across his face by three technique. Gets into the backfield. He face masks on Dylan Sampson. Dylan does a very good job of fighting for extra yards. That block is one of the hardest that you can do at a tackle position. You are already beat by your alignment. And then you have to try and cut him off from going that way. There are different ways to skin that cat. There are maybe a little bump help from your center coming back. There is maybe you read that three technique that is trying to play that like he is. Um, There's just different stuff that you can do with it. Obviously, hey, we're going fast. We're in this scenario. He's the three tech. Jeremiah, do your best. Try and get across his face. Hopefully he doesn't react and notice that, hey, this guard is leaving. 
I'm going to go and pinch. Um, but, you know, he's probably a five-star defensive tackle. So he probably knew exactly what was happening. Um, it was able to get in the backfield. And then a face mask that doesn't get called. Um, we're into another third down. Uh, and no one gets open. So Joe dumps the ball off. But also, I'm not sure all the time, like, what the routes are because they just run out of screen. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know what he's running versus what defense. All I can see is the line of scrimmage. It just ticks me off. Um, but then tries to dump off, doesn't get completed, and we lined up wrong anyways. So we wouldn't have got a first down no matter. Um and I'm just sitting there like, what can we do here, people? What do you want all of us to do about a dumb pre-snap penalty um, that is rated, rated to you every practice, every film study, every time you walk up to the line, you point at the ref, go watch it. Go watch the tape. Every single time, the end man points at the ref. Every single time. He never doesn't do it. But now, this time, we just didn't confirm. And it's a penalty. I'm going to yell at him as a coach. But it's like, I've already told him a hundred times. It's part of his pre-alignment routine. But we didn't catch it. Help me help you. Help me help you. That's where the that's where those coaches blow a gasket sometimes because it's uh yeah, that's why you see coaches throwing shit up, up in the booth and slamming their headsets on the ground because they're like, I've told that guy 50 times to freaking get his head across when he's trying to make a block and he hasn't done it fucking once. That's and then like you're like but the guy behind him is a sack of shit and he can't even tie his shoes right. So what am I supposed to do? That's like if any parents are listening or watching and they have they have some youngsters know they as kids they tell us a million times and we still uh we still don't listen and still do stupid stuff. Yeah. Constantly. Constantly. Um okay. So let's see, let's see, let's see. Um this is drive going into halftime. I, and up to this point, honestly, Reed, I can say this offensive line has had pretty good pass pro. Like mm -hmm. there yeah. has not been pressure on Joe when he is throwing, he has time. And that's saying a lot for a line with both their tackles missing. That's saying a lot. So I thought they did a good job and I thought it continued through the second half. Even when Dane went down, I still thought, I was like, okay, they're really not doing too bad versus, you know, what is considered probably one of the better D-lines in the country. Right. right. Um, so I like that. Uh, you know, I like Caleb Webb involved, little comeback completion. I like that. Um, you know, I think the runs on second – and on third down, tell you how Heupel views his offense with Joe Milton at quarterback. There is enough time on the clock 
for him, if he were to get a first down, to call a timeout, and to kick a field goal, and that is way more important to him than being in a long down, than trying to get Joe to throw a ball downfield and the risk that we're in a second and long, that we're in a third and long. The field goal is worth more than that risk is, and that risk is higher. So he's going to run the ball. I mean, that is a calculated decision. Yeah, yeah, and – there's a couple I'm, I'm re-watching it here on the iPad, just a, a few little things. And I agree with you. I'm glad you brought that up about the offensive line. You know, when they, we take the D shot, the deep shot to Ramel, Ramel's got a step and a half maybe on the guy. And Joe, it's almost like uh, Joe is like, I can't overthrow this guy. So let me just throw a punt up. And it's like. Make it 50-50. Right. Compared to like, you know, a good quarterback is going to just, oh, I got a guy with a step or two, like, okay, I'm going to throw it. He's going to catch it in stride, and he's either going to run it out for a tutty or the mm-hmm. guy's faster than him or as fast, and he might catches him. But it's still a big, big game. But he just yeah. chucked it up, and it's a really tough 50-50 catch for Ramel. And the guy that he's jumping with is probably a just as good athlete or football player as he is. And then there's another the one that's a little bit later, too, is the he does it to, to squirrel. And – you know, I mean, if you want to argue that, yeah, Squirrel technically had a chance, yeah, he technically had a chance, but he's not a jump ball guy. It was kind of like the South Carolina throw where Joe just like just heaves it, and luckily Squirrel was like able to really catch it low, but unfortunately this time he wasn't. And it, mm-hmm. I just was there with my dad just laughing. I was like, it's just like he just chucks it up for, you know, 500 mystery box. Yeah. Jackpot. Yeah, because it's like he can't, you know, he's just so worried about throwing it, overthrowing it. But um, the one that bothered me when you're talking about this of like, hey, I got to just run it, see what I can do, try to get some points here. He's doing everything he can to keep the game in front of him. Yeah. Hypo, that is. And, you know, the play where they put – they got like four guys rushing, maybe five, and the rest are right at the goal line. Joe just says hike and just, just sails it. I don't, I don't call me crazy, Kyler, but if I see that, I'm not throwing it immediately, but I'm throwing it pretty quick to like, I guess if he was throwing that to, it was someone taller, so I don't know if it was Ramel or Caleb Webb, but if I'm doing that, I'm hitting my boy. Like if I see that pre-snap and I can tell him, I'm like, back shoulder's coming. I'm going to let you get about 10, 12, 15, and I'm hitting this on your back shoulder. Mm -hmm. But if I can't tell him that, then when he's running off the line, that's where this ball's coming, and it's going to be up to him to, hey, if, if the guy's standing here, if I put one on your back shoulder, you're going to catch it and get right out of bounds, or you're going to catch it and have a chance to spin and maybe try to make something happen. Because if you go back and look at that, like there's a there's a world that exists where you can complete that. A jump ball. Well, what's that? I mean, it's like a back shoulder jump ball. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying. Well, yes. No, no, no. I'm saying yes. There's a, obviously you can jump ball it where it's one v one, but Joe doesn't give him that opportunity. I'm saying there's a world where you have a good quarterback and good receiver, and they're like, I'm hitting you on a back shoulder, and you're going to catch it about the five yard line, and we either have a really, really chip shot field goal, or I'm going to hit you, and you're going to be able to make that one guy miss because when you're spread out that way. George is going to be able to get two to you 
maybe three, but if just go back and watch it, just go back and watch it and see like, okay, if Joe puts this on him about the 10 marker, it's one V one, one V two. And you mm-hmm. got momentum and you got a chance to, you see what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah. no, he just sells it. He, now, he, now, now you're sitting there as offensive coordinator, you got this play, you got seven, eight seconds. You know, you need to get down. You know, you have a field goal in your back pocket and defensive lines up like that. And Joe Milton is your quarterback. What do you say to him? Because what I would say Don't is, take hey, it. if they're lined up like that, throw it away. Because <laughs> we got a field goal in our back pocket. <laughs> that's what I and, would say. And I and honestly, that's what they told him, and that's what he did, because he just air-mounted. He didn't even let him do a jump ball. He didn't let no. him do it. No. It, was, it was already decided before that play was even ran. Yeah. Um, okay. In the second half, uh, you know, I, towards the end of the game, I did like the fact that the guys kept fighting. I mentioned that. Um, but you know, just some of the, some of the plays, Joe misses squirrel on that, like lob. He tries to like lob it over. Squirrel is open. He is open. So the deep, like the deep, uh, he starts over on the right side comes up, puts that one. It's like he's going to do a crosser, and then he puts a move on the safety, gets behind him. Yeah, he's, exactly. At that time, if he scores that, it's a one-possession game because I think that makes it 17-24. to 24. Yeah, uh, and Jacob Worm was also just sitting at the first down line like this, wide <laughs> open, just like, hey, I'm here. Throw it to me. No biggie. Um, so, you know, if there's a different quarterback in there, that might be a different result. Um Let's see, next drive, you know, good run by Jalen. Finally get him back in the game. Uh, I don't know where he went. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get ahead of the take that uh, a player does not get enough touches when Jalen Wright was our RB1 and three, four games ago, everybody was saying Dylan Sampson should be getting all the touches, Right. Now, Jalen Wright's not getting any touches. Everybody goes, well, why isn't Jalen getting all the touches? I'm just like, uh, there's one ball, guys. There's one ball. I don't know who you want to have it, but there's only one ball. Okay? Enough with the, this guy doesn't get enough touches. We didn't get it to him enough. Well, the touch- Unless B. John Robinson is on your team, unless Marvin Harrison Jr. is on your team, don't say that. Well, the thing about the touches is one guy did get a touch and he house called it. So that kind of messes up the average. Yeah, exactly. Um, but good to see him back in there. Uh, Chase on a little comeback, fighting for extra yards, trying. Um, and then, then this is the drive Sprags gets hurt and it kind of falls apart from there. We've learned that Sprags is out. Um and I don't know what happens with Sprites. I don't know if he decides to come back. He definitely could. I don't know what his draft stock looks like. I don't know if he's seen as like a mid-round guy because if he's seen as a late-round slash free agent, Buddy should come back. I uh, Yeah, I think that is a hard life to try and make a team while also recovering from an injury. I'm just might be, I might be slightly worried that 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I do not see Javante Spragans as an NFL player. Now, does right now, right now, I think he's all, I, I love his mentality. I love how physical he can be. I just think there's some spots um, as a technician wise and still getting beat and over aggressive. I think that would get him pretty worked in the NFL. I, you're, hell, you're the offensive lineman. I don't know what you think. I'm just saying. I don't necessarily see him as that right now. Now, does that mean that he couldn't get drafted, go to camp, be somewhere for a couple of years, and mm-hmm. continue progressing as a football player? No, that doesn't mean that at all. He could absolutely do that and absolutely go play in the NFL. So I'm not – I don't want that to sound like I'm knocking him that, oh, he has no no chance at the next level. I'm worried about when you get individuals who are maybe a leader on the team, who older, who are probably one of your better players, and they have a chance to go – or come back and they're saying, Hey, I, I, I might need a little bit more on the NIL front. Mm-hmm. You know, Hey, I could, I could go be a fifth, sixth rounder, but they're like, well, if I stay, maybe I can say, Hey, I need, I need this. And the coaches are like, yeah, I bet you could use that. But like, <laughs> but you're, you're not, you're not really worth it. Yeah. Player. Or even if you are a decent player, we got to put these funds in other important places. No offense, but a guard isn't the first place that you go when you're building a team. No, and so that's why the uh, that's why the uh, dignified spots on a Canadian football team you have to have seven Canadians play. You have to have seven Canadians start, and the interior offensive lineman is always Canadians. Guard, center, guard. Every other position is Americans on the offense because they're like, I know that I can get a better American tackle. I know that I can get a better American quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's also where you see where what what people get paid in the NFL. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't some guards and centers that break the bank. No, not not at all. That's not yeah. the case. You got you got guys that are all pro and going to be hall of famers and really, really good players are there that get, that get the bank. But when you're, I, I just, there, there's, there's a piece of that, that, uh, and it's kind of like the rumblings, which I don't know if they were true or not, where Tyler Barron was like, deuces, I'm out. I'm about to go get absolutely paid by Kentucky or whatever the rumors were that we heard. And then he ends up back. It's like, you know, Tennessee might've said, Hey, like we can't pay you that. So if that's what you can get, see ya. Well, he came back because maybe he was bluffing, but there, there's going to be that in this, mm-hmm. in you this know, new world. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's, there's. I still get confused. I say it all the time. I get confused with the COVID years, but there's still a lot of players that could potentially come back on this uh, yeah. team. Last thing I'll say offensively, I've been happy with Chas Nimron, man. That's exactly who who I thought he would be coming out. I remember watching his highlight film and was really pumped about him because I said, this guy just seems like a pro. He runs all the right routes in high yeah. school. He used his hands well. He was never going to be overly fast or overly quick or catch it and scat back and make a thousand people miss, but he was just always really solid. For him to already be doing that as a true sophomore, I think the guy has a, a nice little future ahead of him. Um there's you you can find a place if you catch what's thrown to you, maybe make one guy miss and give good effort blocking. But anyways, let's uh let's go to defense. Yeah, uh yeah, let's go to defense. Um I think one more thing to shout out. Fourth and eight, we did under center or fourth down, we did under center. That was fantastic. <laughs> And handed the ball off. I absolutely love it. Um, okay, defensively, 
So you 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 know you mentioned the offensive line earlier um, and what they did and how well they played. I think like second play, it was a second and six, and their offensive line. I mean, it was three four yards back that they were just pushing dudes. Um, and I was like, oh man, that's that's not that's not what we want. Uh, you know that that's. Oh crap! Their offensive line is very good. Um, it's not. It's not a good sign. Let's say that for for what was going to happen later. Um, and then you know you start to see guys getting beat. I mean, just beat. Gabe Judy Lally gets beat on a crossing route. He cannot keep up with Buddy, and it goes to a first down. Um. Brock Bowers catches a slant on a third and eight. Just beats his dude, catches a slant. Uh, You know, we're running a bunch of man coverage. We're keeping things in front of us. They force a field goal. They force a field goal on the first drive. I mean, how ecstatic is that? I am pumped. Thank you, defense. Way to force a field goal. Give our offense the ball again. We just scored a touchdown. Let's go do it again. They did what they're supposed to do. I keep coming back to the end result. It does not matter if you give up a bunch of yards, if you only give up three points or you give up zero points. Who cares if you gave up 99 yards? I don't. I don't at all. I don't care if you give up 42 points to Alabama because we scored 51. You know what I mean? 52, I think. 52-49. Whatever. We scored 52. Were you supposed to change my guy to your guy? No. Okay. Just curious. No. Okay. My so guy your guy. So um defense. Oh, that's defense. what you meant. <laughs> yeah, what'd you think I meant? I thought you meant like I was supposed to switch the words. I was like, no, it's fine. My guy versus your guy's fine. Doesn't need to be your guy versus my guy. Don't come at me like that. <laughs> my, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Uh, you know, I uh even with how good their offensive line was and how it started wearing, I was just watching again on the iPad, and I think there's like three, four minutes before halftime. Uh-huh. Starting to see where we're missing tackles now, where it's instead of what we were doing those first couple drives and possessions, we were making tackles and wrapping up. Now we're diving. You know, mm-hmm. you know there's guys running free. I, I mean, Tim Brinks brings the blitz. He does what he does. Georgia knows it. And I love what Georgia does. They go to their best player, and it was their best matchup because their best player is Brock Bowers. They're going to run a slant to him, and they're fortunate that it was their best matchup because we had him on a walk-on. So yeah. you have the, the best tight end, one of the best players in college football, versus a walk-on. It is what it is. Now, you could say, hey, Tim, we got to get somebody else in there. I'm going to assume that Tim Banks and William Martinez and those guys are playing who they think is the best player at the time. If you've got – uh, Wesley Walker, Tamarian McDonald, Kamal Haddon, I, I, Brand, you know, uh, Brandon Turnage or Warren Burrell. Like, if some of those guys are missing and then some of them are available, but you think Will Brooks is better, like, you know, I got, I got to trust that. But Georgia's smart, man. They're smart. But even saying all that, you already said it. We held them to a field goal. We have, I mean, that's a win. That's a win. So then you go, then you go, and it's a it's a great defensive play, man. This this is a fantastic football play. As a, 
seeing Andre Turrentine come up and make that, that is a dog ass tackle and play. You he sees it, he shoot. I love it because I watched it and he sees it and he's like, Oh yeah, it's coming. I'm gonna shoot my gap or shoot it quick. He shoots it quick. He gets a little baby hesitation to make sure he's lined up. And then when he's lined up, he's got his outside contained. He shoots it and just great tackle. He gets up, fired up. I love that. And it's nice. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're a young guy. We haven't forgot about you. You're still going to have your chance to play here. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, I'm not going to say it was him. It may have been him. But unfortunately, they used our aggression against us with the double pass. And it's like, okay, Georgia Touche. Like, I didn't think you'd have to pull out a – somewhat of a trick but you did and kudos because it worked out perfectly well it was they know how aggressive we can be yeah um on that drive there was a time where i i my eye kept going to elijah herring and kind of saying like what are you doing on the play what are you affecting on the play because like as an offensive lineman there's always a coaching point of like if you're not hitting somebody you're a waste. You are being wasted on the field. What are you doing? So if you're in pass pro and everybody else is locked on a guy and you just stand there, it's like, why the hell are you even in there? Go find somebody. That's kind of how I felt about Elijah on Saturday. It was just like, buddy, go find something to do. I feel like you're backing up in the zone and then just kind of like, just standing there, like letting the other guys figure out the crossing routes. Let like let them do what they did. Like not affecting anybody running by, not dropping back far enough what he needs to. And you tell me, like as a defensive guy, like what are you thinking when you're like that middle zone player? What like what are you thinking when you've got two guys to your side and you have a zone and there's only two guys over there. Running backs on the opposite side. Most likely, he's going to run into the flat over there. If you have a crossing route, it's going to be late. Why aren't you looking at Brock Bowers and being like, he's their favorite third down target. It's third and five. I better watch where he's going. Yeah, I. I like, what is what is the coaching point from a linebacker's perspective? Like, are you really just staring down the quarterback? You're not even looking at where guys could be running routes. What? I, I can't I can't say for sure what Tim and what the linebackers coach is telling them. I can just tell what I've been told and what I've heard and what are the experiences I've had. If you are really a middle zone, you would think that there is some play some some gamesmanship in there. I used to love if I got to be middle zone. It's like you truly aren't back out of the backfield. You you truly aren't a quarterback spy. Mm -hmm. You just have your zone. I would always love to try to bait people. I absolutely was, hey, if I'm watching two here or three, you know, and three so they could have wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, or they could have three wide receivers, or maybe they just have a two receivers. Like if if number two or number three goes out, you you probably pretty damn well sure that you're gonna have another one coming in. There's not a ton of there's 53 yards on a football field. Like, let's be smart here. If one's coming in, there's another going out, if one's going out, you know what I mean? And you're right, if if they're going out. In, or going deep or going out, like I might have a crosser. So there very much is some of that, let me find someone here. If I drop in my zone and I'm like, yeah, let me key on Brock here because he's the tight end, he's the closest inside to me. If he doesn't um, cross my face or starts kind of running at me and I kind of turn to get a little run with him, 
if he doesn't do those two things and he goes out, well, then I need to find out who's coming in or who's coming. Like it, I'm not going to blame him completely and act like he needs to be Luke Keekley or mm-hmm. Brian Erlacher or Ray Lewis or Fred Warner or one of these guys who's just cerebral and knows everything. And there's going to be some times where you look bad. It's just where it's not his fault that the ball's getting thrown over his head and, and the quarterback's fitting it in a gap between the linebacker and the safety. I mean, that that's football. But there, if there's a common theme where you're just kind of in space and you're not really doing much, you got to figure something out. And that's either whether it's – and he's still a young guy, but mm-hmm. whether that's a coach that's got to say something to him or film, it's like you, you get – find work, find work. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. So, no, there's, there's definitely some of that to where – let's 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 just because you have middle zone and they don't complete it in the middle zone doesn't mean that you couldn't have done more to help out yeah i mean it's just like i got gabe judy lally running for dear life trying to keep up a wide receiver and i'm like elijah just give him a little freaking nudge as he's coming across shallow under five yards like do something to help your buddy out i'm glad you i want to i want to i want to tie something up real quick here the people upset about Tim Banks. Uh, I thought the guy did. He he would try to run some zone. He would try to blitz. He'd try to run man. And every time he did something, they had an answer. If he ran man, Mike Bobo was running pick plays and was running shallows and just stuff that's really difficult. Or to just seam routes and Bell was faster than our guy. <laughs> sure, sure. And then he would run zone and – we would we would be there and maybe have a couple stops in zone, but then they would complete it. It's sometimes if you don't have the better players and they are dictating to you, you're you're in trouble. And so I give him credit for trying different stuff. He wasn't just sitting there in man and man and man, and they just kept picking it apart, picking it apart. Or he wasn't just in zone and they kept picking it apart, picking it apart. He was trying to do different stuff. He was trying to blitz. He was trying to disguise. Unfortunately, Georgia's really good, and they picked yeah. up, up uh, you know, um, uh, Carson Beck made some good throws. Their players made some good catches. I mean, there was a third down. Once again, Danico was in great coverage, and the guy went up and mossed him on the sideline. Great catch. Great catch. Yeah, great catch. Great throw. Like, that – I can't blame Danico. He's right all – he was all over him. All over him. Now, I'll say, you know, nice – to continue on some of the plays – Nice. There was a couple. I mean, hey, and I'll tell you what about that halfback pass. Hey, we weren't going to let up that outside zone run. We weren't going to let up that outside run. I'll tell you that much. No, yeah, but this is where you got to do your job, my man Belichick. Do your job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whoever is in that man coverage or whoever's in that zone, I get it. You got to trust your other guys to stop the outside zone. And once you've done your job, then you can go help that. So it's like, I hear you, Kyler, but I disagree. You can't just let someone sleepwalk into the end zone no i know safety came flying <laughs> it was turn time but i don't know if it was him on that side or whatever yeah, well, what do you know the guy who's not played that much this year <laughs> messes up Surprise. Yeah, hey and after you get a big hit like that in your belly you're ready for more like you're like yeah it's like oh i'm gonna bring another one yeah you're feeling you're feeling yourself and then you when you start feeling yourself and getting a little a little anxious and a little uh cocky mm-hmm. and they uh it's what those coaches do just whoop right over yeah. Defensively, I you know there were still some nice flashes by players. I thought Amari Thomas had some nice flashes. Omar Norman Lott. The next the next drive, we had an interception that got called back. But yeah, I uh, I see why they called it. 
I'm a big I see, Hey, I, I see I, why they called it. I don't see why they didn't call it on Buddy on fourth and goal at the end of the game when he's holding on to Chaz Nimrod. Just be consistent. If you're going to let the boys play, then let them play. If you're going to call it ticky-tack, then call it ticky-tack. Don't, don't, don't bounce. I don't disagree. And uh, Gary was on our side on that one, but the game's over by that point. So Still. No, right. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying I don't care about it because the if game. If you was don't over. stand for something, you'll fall for anything. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, hate not having that pick. I feel like that could be could have been a huge game changer. I do see why they called it. Then you still got James Pierce, man, making plays. You got Tyler getting back there, Roman back there. Uh, nice tackle by Danico. Guess what? We didn't get the pick, but we held him to a punt on that one. Heck so. Yeah. My defense is held him to three. Then we gave up a touchdown, but then we got the ball back to our offense. There was plenty. It's it's like you said, there's all that butterfly effect. It all goes in. Some of the same reasons we routed teams years ago was because our offense jumped on them. It changed how they played, and our defense pinned those years back and eight. Then there was other times like last year where it's a dogfight back, back and forth with – with Alabama, and they complement each other. Mm-hmm. Offense maybe shoots themselves in the foot, defense gets a stop. Defense then gives up something, but offense bounces back. It's a team effort, and unfortunately, two weeks in a row, the offense has not helped the defense out. And then the defense just got worn out, man. Like I said, I never thought that they weren't giving effort, but when you start getting beat down a little bit – and you're doing everything you can, and that's where, unfortunately, your your fundamentals go. And instead of coming in and having, you know, guys guys coming this way, Kyler, on me, so he's coming and keeping my head across his face mm-hmm. and wrapping up. My head's not across, and I try to shoulder him, and he bounces. And then he breaks the tackle. Right. And there was plenty of break tackles where I saw, like, on that drive before half where they go up 24 to 7 before we go get the field goal. But it's, you know, Aaron Beasley misses one. That's our best defensive player probably on the field. Misses a tackle right on the running back in the hole, and you're like, yep. I wouldn't have drawn it any – like that's who exactly I would want to meet in the hole yep. on, on, a, on a third down too. It's yeah. just like, and then you got DBs diving at people's legs, like I said, instead of wrapping up. And Georgia's just a machine, man. They did a really, really good job executing. And, and uh, the second that you don't execute, that's where it comes back to hurt you. Uh, continue. You go ahead and finish up with some of the stuff that you have defensively. Um, yeah, I had that Beasley. Um, I thought their little quarterback boot with a screen throwback to Bell is a great play. Like, I love that play. I just watching that as an offense, I was like, oh, that that fucks up a defense. So I love that. Um, you know, I again, just watching Elijah on this drive was just like, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you know, we get a third and six, and he just dumps it to the running back who gets a 12-yard gain. I'm like, where's the reaction time, Elijah? Click, click, click. Um, the next drive, Bell, this is the one he makes a play um, that he makes a play on Danico. And I just thought, I go, okay, I just saw him make that play. Who on our – in our – wide receiver slash tight end core in this game could make that play. And I, I don't see it. I don't see them being able to make that kind of play like he did. Um, That's a good point. And I don't want that to come off as negative. I think going into the year, I said, I could probably see Ramel make that 
I could, I would, I would have hoped Dante would have made that what I had seen on film. I'm not thinking Dante makes that, but I'm sitting here thinking, I hope Ramel Brew does. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Yeah. Going into the season, I'm like, I hope, I hope Ramel can, I would hope Dante could squirrel has the potential, but that's a lot to ask for his size. So really we're looking at one guy and he's has a broken leg. Yeah. So, um, so he makes that play, uh, you know, then there's a, there's an outside run that ends up getting like 15 yards. And all I see is the two scraping linebackers meeting the two, the offensive tackle and the, and number four, the tight end are Will Brooks and T Lander. And I'm like, <laughs> it ain't going to happen, buddy. Like you got to walk on in a freshman going against probably two, four or five stars and they're blocking. They, they got angles. It ain't gonna happen. No, you ain't gonna make that tackle. And 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 Sha- I mean, bro, I thought Will Brooks and T Lander and a lot of the other guys brought it, man. Like they brought it and they played the best that they could. It's just, it's it's unfortunate. It's like you going up against me. You just lose every time. There's nothing to do about it. Nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. No. Um. They end up. Scoring on that drive, man coverage. They run some like pick routes. Brock Bowers in the flat. Um, I still think it was like pretty good reaction time by Jalen, and it's just couldn't get there in time. Yeah, like it, what I didn't feel like he hesitated at all. No, no he didn't. No, yeah. Um, let's see. They run an end around and. I got Will Brooks as my last line of defense on that side. He gets blocked. Uh, this is after halftime. Um, you know, Bell beats Danico on like a slant slash seam. It's one-on-one coverage. Your guy versus my guy. Who wins? Uh, he was beating everybody on our defense. Um, and then just man coverage again down near the goal line, crossing routes. Wide open. Wide open. Beck rolls out of the pocket a little bit, just dumps it to him. Wide open for a touchdown. Um, let's see. Man, I just got, you know, I got Caleb Perry getting beat on rub and a man. I got Brandon Turnage getting beat. I got I got Elijah dropping into coverage when it's an inside zone play and takes himself out of it and it runs for a touchdown. What are we doing here, man? Where, where, why are we backing up? What's going on? Where that is your gap. That touchdown was scored through your gap. I don't know who taught you to take a step backwards when an offensive lineman's coming up to block you, but that ain't what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I, I, eyes are, uh, I'm assuming you're not in the right place. Yeah, I, I'm assuming so. Um, so yeah, it was just, like I just like I put in the description, like my guy versus your guy. I just there. I just did. I saw a lot of Georgia win one on one matchups. That's what I saw. Um, and I don't know how much technique and and individual drills really affect that. So, as for expectations, I think we touched on it in the beginning, but setting your expectations of what this team is and what it was when we started the season um, and having realistic ones. Moving forward, expectations are we beat the shit out of Vanderbilt. 
I want to absolutely throttle them in the first half and get a whole half of Nico playing. That's what I want. Uh, I want Joe to think that he is an NFL quarterback and sit out the bowl game and Nico gets to play all of it. Um, I don't think Nico playing the second half with three offensive linemen out versus the number one team in the nation is necessarily really important for his growth. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't think that is going to make the difference on whether he's a good quarterback or not a good quarterback. I think it could make the difference in whether he's fucking hurt or not (laughs) with both tackles out and starting guard out. But uh, I don't think it makes it that much of a difference. But if we have an opportunity to get Nico more reps, then I like it. Yeah, I uh, man, that'd be great if Joe tried to sit out the ball game, but he's not going to sit out the ball game. And it's been a whole season, so I don't see, I don't see Coach Hype putting him on the bench for the young guy. They both seem like the yeah. We're going to finish this thing out. We're going to finish what we started. Joe's going to be out there against some middle, you know, kind of like a, some eight-win, nine-win team, and he's going to be doing this and blowing stuff and going to try to end it the right way and all that. Yeah, versus NC State in the Gator Bowl, and he's going to be, you know, running over a 210 linebacker and doing a little Superman and talking shit, probably get a damn 15-yard penalty. I'm not – not like trying to like I, I I shouldn't be making fun of him, but I just like it's 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 over. Like it's over for him. He he had his yeah. opportunity. It is what it is. And uh I'm sorry, bud. I you know, I was rooting for you. Sucks that you couldn't take advantage of your opportunity at Michigan, couldn't take advantage of your opportunity at Tennessee. You're probably not going to play football again. Um and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. It happens it sucks. all. It really does. Whenever you have to hang up those cleats, it's a shitty feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But he, you know, Coach Heupel gave him a, a great opportunity. He had, uh, you know, 12 games, he'd probably get 13. And that's uh, that's all she wrote. He uh, He's fortunate. He's fortunate that the NIL was around. Because mm-hmm. uh, he, as not because of him, but because being the quarterback of the University of Tennessee, he was able to capitalize on that. So he made, yeah. well, I don't know exactly what he made, but let me say this thing. Let me say this. Anything that he did make was more than he ever would have and maybe should have. So yeah. be, 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 be thankful for that. So, yeah. Um, sure. yeah. Anyways, good, good pod. You know, I, I hate losing, but it is what it is, man. Right. It's- and thankful for all of you guys out there. Happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate all your support. Appreciate Vol Nation. Good Can't say any better. All right, brother. See ya. See ya. Okay. Thank you guys for watching and listening. If you are watching, please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, leave a comment. We'd love to hear the comments or read the comments, shouldn't say hear them. Um, if you're just listening, rate and review, download and re-download on all those listening platforms and follow us on those listening platforms. It helps so much. 
Um, also follow us on social media at Pancakes and Bacon for our main account on Twitter at Pancakes and Bacon underscore RTI on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow Reed, it's just at rbacon26 on Twitter for him. And then myself is just at Kyler Kerbison on all social medias. So check me out there. Um, and again, yeah, just thank you guys so much uh, for being supportive fans. It's not the season we wanted, but we're going to be all right. We're still going to be a pretty good team. We are not back to the five and seven woes of or four and eight. I mean, honestly, you think about it. So let's enjoy what we got. I love Hypel. I love where this, this team is, this culture. We're going to be okay. Um, so as always, go Vols. <laughs>